Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Jordan Pearson gives relationship advice. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. Very few people can function effectively without an intimate relationship. Well, my first response is, how often do you want to have sex? People hate that question, and so they avoid it. They say, well, you know, we don't really want to be that calculating about it. It's like, okay, right, whatever. Once a year. It's like, no, that's probably too little. Okay, 15 right. times a day. It's like, no, that's probably too much. Okay, so now we've got some parameters here. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I would much prefer 15 times per day versus <laughs> versus once a year. Much prefer. But anyway. It's somewhere between once a year and 15 times a day. Let's see if we can narrow that in. And this does make people uncomfortable, right? They don't want to specify their needs and wants. I think they're embarrassed that they need anything. Like, Yeah, yeah, that's right. And a lot of people, they're afraid to inconvenience anyone, right? They're afraid to, um, you know, they're afraid to ask for stuff because, again, guys, like men, especially in 2023, they get so little in relationships, right? They're given so little that because of that, they, they're afraid of losing the little that they get. And because they're afraid of losing the little that they get, they're afraid of asking for anything or, t or talking about their boundaries, right? And it's very bad if you don't, right? It's that same exposure of nakedness. And then they're, they're unwilling to share the information with their partner because it's revealing. And then they're afraid they're going to be rebuffed. That's and they're it. afraid they're going to get into a fight. They've yep. got lots of reasons not to want to do it. And, and they don't want to have the difficult conversation up front. And so we might say, well... Okay, let's let's be reasonable about this. It's going to be some number of times a week. You guys have... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, when you're married and stuff, like, possibly it's not going to be every day. But anyway, ideally it would be. But again, this is for you to decide. Here is my stance on... Uh, my stance on arguments... You must have the argument when it comes up. Because if you're afraid to have the argument, she'll see you as weak. And if she sees you as weak, well then, she doesn't want to date or sleep with or have a relationship with uh, a guy who's weak. So if you're unable to talk about what it is that you actually want, then you're not going to keep your relationship for very long. So get used to talking about things that you actually want. Okay, shill time. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Uh, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M, and link is in the description. Uh, buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios books. Type that in the top um, in the top bar if you're on your computer. If you're on your phone, you just go to the description box, which is that little triangle-looking thing under the video. Click on that, and there's a link, and it says, buy my books, and you click on that. It's I, I tried to make it simple anyway.
Okay, let's continue. Have jobs, you have kids, you're busy. You're not going to have a hot date every night. You just don't have time for it. And True. so why don't we be reasonable about it? We can try, let's aim for something like twice a week. It's like, do you think? Or maybe we could start with once a week. Because zero, once is a lot more than zero. It's a lot more than zero. And then they say something like, well, you know, we did all that dating when we were dating and, and now we don't want to do that anymore. It's like, okay, so what are you saying here exactly? You're saying that you don't want any more romance and you don't want any more hot sex and you don't want to put any work into it and it's just going to happen magically even though it's clearly not happening. That's that's your theory. And then let's let's run that theory out. Okay, so now you have new kids and that's going to be it's going to be like that for a few years, maybe till they're 10 or 11. You're going to be occupied with your family. And so now you have a sexless marriage with no intimacy for a decade. So what does that look like in like 2032 when you're in divorce court? That's right, exactly. So you don't want to not have bedroom fun. And so you need to make that clear up front. I don't like the amount of bedroom fun we're having. It's not enough for me. This is not working for me. Something needs to change. You know, that sort of thing. You can have that conversation. You don't have to have it in the tone that I just had it, right? You don't have to say it that way. But you need to make your needs very clear because if your needs aren't clear, then your partner, uh, wow, I used the wrong word. Okay, then your wife or girlfriend doesn't understand what you actually want. And here's the beautiful thing about saying what you want. When you say what you what you want, your partner, oh my goodness. When you say what you want, your girlfriend actually knows what you want. And if she knows what you want, she knows where she stands. And if she knows where she stands, it's actually good, right? Because if she's in your frame and wants your approval, which is how it should be, then she knows how to please you. She gives you what you want at the rate that you want it. And because it's so clear and easy, it's no problem, right? So, of course, you don't want to do this because it requires difficult negotiation. But how would you like to have your marriage deteriorate into hell over a 10-year period? That's right. How does that sound as an alternative? It's like, well, that's... Yeah, it's exactly right. Um, and for men, not having bedroom fun is hell. Men need bedroom fun for a stable mental state. So if you're not having bedroom fun, there is no relationship. So what, the girl wants everything out of you that you can give, but no bedroom fun? It, it's utterly ridiculous, of course. That's not very good. It's like, okay, so which of these two things are you more afraid of? And then the when people really think that through, they think, oh yeah, well maybe, you know, I could take the risk of making what I want known. Indeed. And then, okay, so now you specify it. Well, a date, which night, how long? How, are you going to find a babysitter? Are you going to do this every week? Who's going to be responsible for what in relationship to this date? All these details have to be negotiated. And then right. we remember, you know, by the same logic that we've already employed, if this is two hours a week, then that's 15% of one day, that's another 5% of your life. And it's the intimate part of your life. And if you got that right, my God, you might be a much happier person. And so that's another one of the only 25 things you have to take care of to set your life up. Yeah, it's true. That's that's right. Um, 
this is this is the way. That that is actually that is actually the way. But I mean, you said why are people afraid to do this? Is they're they're afraid to show their vulnerability. Yeah. They don't trust their partner. They don't know how to negotiate. They don't even know what they want themselves. You know, like it's not that easy for someone to admit that they need any physical attention at all. Even. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, again, I've already made the argument, but the reason why I believe that men are afraid to talk about what it is that they actually want is because they're afraid that if they do and they have this argument, they're going to lose the only girl they've ever got. Or, you know, one of the only three girls they've ever got. Which is why, again, I think that before you ever get into a serious relationship, you need to be older. And not only do you need to be older, you need to be you need to have bedroom fun experience, right? You need to have been in a few relationships um, to understand how they go and what you're supposed to do, right? You can't just go with your with your first girl, you as a guy, and expect everything to go well. No, you need quite a bit of experience with girls to understand what to do. And though everyone obviously does. You know, because you're putting yourself on the line then. And that is the definition of intimacy in some sense. How do I make myself into the perfect date? You answer that question, and you will not have any problem answering the previous question. It's like, what do I want in a partner? Mm -mm. If I offered everything I could to a partner, who would I be? Yeah, yeah. Um, and not to a partner, to my girlfriend or to my wife. And, and no, it's absolutely true. If I offered everything I could. So again, you as a man in, unfortunately, you are prized based on what you can provide. And I don't just mean money. I mean, your physicality, your ability to have bedroom fun, your ability to, to you know, plan and make dates, your ability to just have normal relationship management, your ability to set your boundaries. Um, did I already mention physical fitness, your charisma, your friends, all of that, that lifestyle that you're able to provide, that is what you're judged on. That's what you're loved for. So the actually, the more you're able to give, the more attractive you are as a prospect, right? The more value you're able to, to give, the more valuable you are, Right? So it's not just being physically fit and tall, it's physically fit and tall with a good job, you can do stuff, you can buy stuff, you can go places, you can, you know, you're, you're good in bed, you have good charisma, you have friends that love you, you know, you have family that loves you, all of that, all of this, all together, that's, that's what it is. Keep that in mind. You work on that. Ask that question, just ask, just ask yourself, okay, I have to be the person that women would want. That's right. Okay, what do they want? Okay, I'll tell you. What do women want? They want a winner. Above all else, they want a winner. Taller, stronger, fitter, faster, more charismatic, more friends, better friends, more money, better than them in every single way. Women want the man... Women want the man that men want to be and other women want to sleep with. That's what women want. They want a winner. They want 
Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey. They want the werewolf. They want the vampire. They want the pirate. They want the prince. They want the CEO. That's who they want. So embody one of those men. Clean? That's not a bad start. Reasonably good physical shape. So healthy. The bad boy, the cool boy, the commitment phobic boy. Productive, generous, honest, willing to delay gratification. So you dance with a woman. It's like, what's she doing? What are you two doing? Well, it's a pattern. There's patterns happening around you. That's the music. Patterns. Patterns of being. That's the music. Now, can you align yourself with the patterns of being gracefully? That's what she's checking out. Again, Jordan, the, the qualities he named, generous, kind, la la la. These are not the qualities that attract women, right? These are the qualities that women want in Chad. So in that superior man is better than her in every way that other men want to be and other women want to be with. If that man is then kind, and if that man is then generous, yes, that's a plus, it's a bonus. But it's not the main thing. Most men don't even know the main thing. That's that's what it is. And then can you do that with her? And then can you do that in a playful and attentive manner and keep your bloody hands to yourself for at least a minute? And so can you dance in a playful manner? It's like you can go through this in your imagination and you know, you'll know. And then you think, well, how far am I from those things? And the answer is usually, man, it's a pretty horrible abyss separating you from that ideal. But the harder you work on offering other people what they need and want, the more people will line up to play with you. That's exactly right. Life is like that. The more value you provide, the more people want to be around you for that value. So value is, you know, it could be as simple as you're good at telling jokes. <laughs> like, that's that's something. Or, you know, uh, you're physically fit. Or you're fun to be around. Or, you know, you, you make nice parties. Or you set up nice events. Or whatever. There's a million different things. So it's the wrong question. It's like, how can I be the best partner possible? And then you think, well, if I do that, people will just take advantage of me. And that's the non-naive objection, right? Because the naive person saying, well, I'll be good and everyone will treat me right. It's like, nope. The cynic says, no, I'll be good and someone will take me out. And then you think, well, what do you do about that objection? And the answer is, well, you factor that in. And that's why you're supposed to be, what is it? As soft as a dove and as wise as a serpent. It's like, I know you're full of snakes. I know it. How do I find out if this is the person for me? By binding myself to them. Okay, you get to pick how, what happens when you come home, but you have to figure out what it is. So now this is the deal. You treat yourself properly. You imagine coming home and it goes the way you want and need it to go. Okay, what does that look like? You get to have it, but you have to know what it is. What does it look like? And you think, okay, 
I want to come home. I want to be happy about coming home. I come home. I open the door. I say, hello, honey, I'm home. My wife says, hi, it's so nice to hear your voice. She comes up. She says, hi, dear. She gives you a hug. She says, how was your day? And you say, well, we'll sit and talk about that. How was your day? Well, we'll sit and talk about that. Do you need something to eat? Probably. Let's go sit and talk about our day. That sounds pretty good. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Might not be perfect. Sounds a hell of a lot better than what we're doing now. So how about we go talk to, we'll go talk to your wife. Say, okay, this is what's happening when I come home. I would like it to be better. What would you like to have happen if you could have what you wanted? And so she sits down and she thinks, okay, if he comes home, what do I want to have happen? And then now you've got two visions and you say, well, what would you like? And you listen and she says, what would you like? And you tell her and then you think, okay, now how can we bring these visions together? So not only do we both get what we want, but because we've brought them together, we even get more than we want. So what Jordan is describing here, uh, it's basically just a negotiation, right? But here's the thing. This presumes that women are logical like men, and they're really not. Uh, a girl is going to go based off her emotion in the moment and say what she wants in that moment, but as her emotions change, she'll want something different. And so it's kind of like a wild card. You as the man are the stable one that wants this, the same stable thing to happen, and she's the wild card that as her emotions change, she wants different things to happen. And so trying to predict what a, what a girl wants and trying to make her always happy is impossible. Um, it's a fool's errand. Um, but, you know, a lot of guys get lost in the process of trying. All right, let's read this article. Uh, actually, it's, it's a chapter in uh, Rolo's book. It's called Appreciation from Rolo Tomasi's book, The Rational Male. I've had a fantastic marriage for over 17 years now, but I'm not going to sugarcoat the fact that marriage involves life-changing sacrifices for men that no woman will ever fully understand or appreciate. After digging four chapters in here, the idea that I may be averse to the institution of marriage would follow. I realize this and I've dealt with it enough on my blog and more than a few community forums. But for the record, I'm not anti-marriage. I'm anti-uninformed, Pollyanna, should have saw it coming, one-eyed is fueled, shame-induced, bound for bankruptcy, scarred my children, damaged my life, marriage. Woman loves you when she takes you for granted. That sounds odd, I know, but it's when she's not fawning all over you and you're in your 10th year of marriage and it's just part of everyday conversation. Okay, love you, bye, is at the end of every phone call. You're not thinking about it because you don't need to. If you're asking the question, how do you know she loves you, you're not in it. It's only when the familiarity and regular comfort is removed that she can appreciate it. Once the commonness of love is established, women will only rarely express it overtly. In fact, the expression will be what's expected of you, so you have to look for it covertly. All the flowery crap you read in your Hallmark card on Valentine's Day or your anniversary was written by someone else. Though it's nice to have those gestures of appreciation occasionally, it's more important to see the forest for the trees. It's not individual acts of affection or appreciation so much as it is a whole, the whole of what you both do on a regular day-to-day basis. It's what you and she, uh, it's when you and she are at about your 300th bowl of oatmeal together on a Saturday morning and your kids are fighting for control of the TV remote while you're sitting across the breakfast table discussing which bills need to be paid first this month and how bad the lawn needs mowing that defines love and marriage. Yes, precisely the things you'll never think about when you're sodging her or considering moving her up in your plate-spinning lineup. This is what marriage is. Not necessarily boring per se, though it certainly can be, but ordinary. It's normal, common, or becomes so. Think about how many people who've lived, married, and died on planet Earth who did exactly the same things as you. 
That's the real test of marriage that no one who hasn't experienced it can really relate to in a meaningful sense. The happy Oprahized idea is that you have to keep it fresh. But even after a night of freshening it up and the Walmart lingerie is in the clothes hamper and you pick up the kids from spending the night at a sister's house the morning after, you go back to the day-to-day marriage you've always had. This is the crap no one tells you about when you're being sold on the marriage goal. The now what feeling that comes directly after you've found the one you've been conditioned to think you're looking for or did the right thing with and married because she suddenly rediscovered religion after you had marathon bedroom fun with her for three months straight and you wouldn't, you know. Appreciation. I think what most men uniquely deceive themselves of is that what they'll ultimately, is that they'll ultimately be appreciated for uh, the sacrifices by women. Learn this now, you won't. You can't because women fundamentally lack the capacity to fully realize, much less appreciate the sacrifices a man makes to facilitate her reality. Even the most enlightened, appreciative woman you know still operates in a feminine-centric reality. Men making the personal sacrifice necessary to honor, respect, and love her are commonplace. You're supposed to do those things. You sacrifice your ambitions and potential to provide her with a better life. You were supposed to. You resisted temptation and didn't cheat on your wife with the secretary. You were supposed to. Your responsibilities to maintaining a marriage, a home, your family are common. They're expected. They're only appreciated in their absence, in their lack, and in their failing. This is the totality of the feminine-centric reality. Men only exist to facilitate the feminine reality. And any man who disputes this is by definition not a man. It just is. Even the most self-serving maverick amongst men is still beholden to the feminine imperative in that he's only defined as a rebel because he doesn't comply with the common practices of men in this female-defined reality. Ironically, it's just this maverick who's appreciated by feminine above those men who would comply as a matter of course. The concept of appreciation dovetails into a lot of other aspects of intergender relations. For instance, assume for a moment that a 40-year-old man with the options to pursue younger women does the right thing and seeks out a relationship with a woman his own age. Would he be appreciated for essentially giving an aged woman a new lease on life? Would he be viewed as doing what is expected? Would a man who marries a single mother and helps with the parental investment be appreciated? Would it even factor into a woman's estimation of his character? Or would he simply be doing what's expected of him? The question of appreciation is a real quandary for the white knight. Relationships aren't work. Familiarity does in fact breed contempt and mediocrity and routine and banality and commonness, which is why so many marriages end up in the, in the dumpster. Men and women give up on relationships. The relationships are work meme is a feminine social convention. How often do you hear men say these words? The convention is filtered into popular consciousness even amongst men now. For the long-term relationship men who subscribe to this, I'd also speculate many of them are in relationships where they're doing the work. And women are giving them the grade. And of the single men who subscribe to this, each had to be conditioned to believe this in the case uh, if for long-term relationships by women. This is rooted in the mistaken belief that men's actions and sacrifices can ever be appreciated. What would be the best method to get a man to live up to the idealization, idealization a woman has as a perfect, ma- as a perfect mate? Women love the fixer-upper, the fixer-upper. He'd be such a great guy if only he would blank. Or she'll say, I'm working on him. It's when the conditioning goes from I'm working on him to we're working on a relationship that he's now internalized her frame control. This is where the mythology of relationships as work is derived from. How often is it the woman who needs the work? And if it is her, the terminology of the relationship and the associations change. Work implies a man better conforming his identity to her ideal relationship to better fit the feminine-centric reality. What better way to initiate this than to psychologically condition him to want to embody her ideal even before he's ever met a woman or been involved in a relationship. All right. 
And uh, let's finish this off with a Reddit article here, Reddit post. Okay. This is posted 16 hours ago on relationship advice. Uh, my boyfriend, so she's 21, he's 23, rated my looks and I'm deeply uncomfortable. Me and my boyfriend had a casual phone call talking about everything and nothing. You know, typical couple stuff. We were talking about this uh, about his cat. I called her chubby and he said, no, she's not fat. So I responded that I didn't think she was fat. She looks adorable with a hint of squishy chub. He then again said, no, she's not fat. She's perfect. So of course, me having a words of affirmation as a really important love language, excitedly ask him, am I perfect? Do you think I'm perfect too? I was hoping for an over-the-top response like, yes, you're my princess and the most perfect woman I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, yeah, she wanted to be flooded by praise, which by the way, if you're constantly giving her this, then it becomes common and she doesn't appreciate you, by the way. He took my question seriously and said, you're a 7 out of 10. What? Where'd you get that number from? You know, the scale. Yeah, I know, but based on what? Looks. Your looks are a 7 out of 10. My mind went blank at that. I didn't know what to think. I know I'm not the embodiment of perfection, but I'd expect him to, well, be more attracted to me. Seven is not a low number, but when it comes to the person you want to spend your life with, it's disappointing. But it got worse. He went on to say that my personality also is a seven out of ten, only to immediately regret it and change it to six, because you need to be more confident. Don't take what I said personally. I was dumbfounded. How am I supposed to be confident and not take it personally when my boyfriend, the person that I want to say yes to spending my life with one day, casually rates my looks and personality without me even asking? No one has ever rated my looks like that before. I've determined whether or not people were attractive to me, but I've never assigned a number to them. Who does that? He called it brutal honesty, but in that moment, he just seemed cold to me, void of feelings and compassion. Besides, 6 out of 10 personalities way too low, considering I'm his girlfriend. I'm hurt over this. I don't know what he is by the world standards, but to me, is an easy 10 out of 10 across the board. But this is just one sign among many others that he probably doesn't like me as much as I thought he did. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's actually good that he likes her less than she likes him. But anyway, let's look at the top comment. Wow, let's leave it at brutal. I assume you're ending the relationship? You'd be settling for him if you stayed. You need someone who's enthusiastic about you as you are about them. Brutal honesty is often just cruel. (laughs) Please rate him as one for single. That's funny. Yeah, basically, she wants him to be into her more than she's into him. When she finds out he's not, now she wants to break up because she sees him as a beta male anyway. So, all right, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, like the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. Go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash theheliosblog. Again, it's patreon.com slash theheliosblog. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, or Tom M, shout to them. Link is in the description. And you can buy my books, The Strategist's Guide to Seduction, and Quotes to Live By. You can buy them at bit.ly slash theheliosblog. Again, it's bit.ly slash theheliosblog. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, guys, and I'll see you next time.